Hello folks, welcome to the Jock and Journo Show. I'm Jay Clark from the Herald Sun and captain of the Collingwood Football Club for the four successive years. Scotty Pendlebury, how are you mate? Good mate, how are you? Uh, very well. Hey, we've got a lot to get to today. I want to sort a bit of fact from fiction in the JLT series because I reckon there's a few furfies going on there. I want to talk about uh, handballing uh, and maybe uh, the incredible numbers happening there. Ball hogging in the NBA. Leadership groups, have they gone mad? And I notice you've walked in uh, on crutches, limping horribly because of this sore Achilles, which is apparently going to put you in doubt for round one, mate. So we'll get to that in a second. But, um, mate, have you read the bad news about the coffee ban coming? I haven't, but I have heard about it coming. So um, for you who don't know, I, I'm a coffee, um, addict. coffee connoisseur, I like to call it, not addict. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, what, what what's in it for, for athletes around the world. And um, I'm tipping a lot of AFL players will be uh, severely disappointed if you can't drink caffeine anymore. Well, it was last banned in 2004, and uh, WADA saying now it could have a performance-enhancing effect. Now tell me, how many coffees would you have on a game day. So just say night game, Friday night, you're playing at the G, uh, 7, 8 o'clock or whatever. Um, how many coffees would you have that day? Um, oh, anywhere from six shots of coffee to eight shots of coffee a day. She will, um, I guess. Yeah, but that's, I suppose that's daily for me. That's yeah. just how I rock and roll. And um, I'm not a huge milk drinker, so it's mine sort of I measure by shots of coffee. So <laughs> uh, the first straight, thing that I think of when cool. I get out of, out of bed and... Um, but yeah, if this uh, new rule comes in, I uh, will obviously have to lower my levels. <laughs> I know the, a lot of the NBA players have or actually retire. have. Say again? Or retire. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of the NBA players actually have coffee machines uh, in their lockers um, so they can sip on those. Uh, they also good. have. Um, what are they? The, one of my mates works at OKC as a sports scientist. The two things that they found tickets. keeps players at the club longer is they put a car wash in their facility oh, really? and a barber, barber yeah. shop. So then the guys stay there. That's the only reason they want to leave is wash their cars that they've got and get a haircut. Probably not long before Collingwood uh, gets a car wash and a, uh, a barber here, I reckon. Hey, uh, the pre-season competition, what have you made, mate? I find this part of the year absolutely fascinating. But at times we can be sort of sucked in and um, you know, it's, it's really hard to know what is real in the pre-season because you see clubs, I think, more and more trying different things. And I actually wonder whether clubs... Uh, you know, because there's such a big emphasis on round one where the clubs and coaches are actually just running decoys half the time now because they yeah. don't actually want to show the real McCoy. Yeah. Well, if you think about Sydney, a team that notoriously doesn't give much of a stuff about the yeah. um, pre-season tournament. What did Brucey say to um, McFay? Like, go forward, just don't kick a goal. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's like one that. of the great one-liners <laughs> one of all time. But so many, time, so many times teams are going to try different things. They want to have a look at, you know, they might want to have a look at something, a certain structure for 15, 20 minutes. If it works, I'll put it away. If it doesn't work, they might roll it out until it does work. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get a mix of, you know, the first one's usually a lot of young kids with a few senior players. The second one's, you know, a lot of guys are getting managed. And then the last NAB Cup sort of like a dress rehearsal or, sorry, the JLT, yeah. the last one's a dress rehearsal. So um, I don't know if you can read too much into it. Um, Do you give us stuff assert- about the scoreboard? Uh, no, you don't. Um, as much as you do want to win games, as soon as it's tight, everyone's you know, natural competitive instincts kick in. But, um, you know, when we lost that game over there to Freo on the last kick of the siren, um, you know, I walked off very happy with the way we played. Um, and I was more concerned with how we played than the actual result. And years past, you know, last year, when we beat Geelong down there, I walked away 
sort of more concerned by how we went about it than the actual result. So I think a lot of coaches and players look at it that way. Do you hide stuff? Do you, do you genuinely don't do yeah, stuff? I put my mouth guard in my sock. Do you? Yeah, well, I don't like to wear my mouth guard in the preseason. That's hiding your mouth guard. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, no, like I think, like every club's, I think every club's different. Um, but I, I think a lot of clubs would leave a lot in the in the golf bag, so yeah. to speak, that they're not yeah. going to show you anything. Um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of teams, I think half the sides in the JLT handballed more than they kicked. Yeah. So that's, you know, fairly significant game trend, if you will. But I don't just know if that's... copying the Bulldogs. But will that hold up in after three weeks if you're one and two or two and one? And um, I've never understood copying the Premiers. I don't understand it because they're a year or two in front of you. So how are you going to catch them? But... Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just look forward to round one and watching because I think all the trends and uh, coaches might have a lot of spare time this year and just look into it too much. Well, the emphasis on round one, I'm absolutely convinced it's uh, it's over the top in terms of injury planning and recoveries and uh, tactics, etc. Well, what do you when you go watch a JLT? What do you watch for? Well, I remember being sucked in. I'll never forget this. In 2012, I went to a preseason game and Cl- and uh, Buddy Franklin played midfield, like basically started on the ball, and I'm writing this story like. Clarko's going to unleash Buddy on the ball. He's going to become the next, you know, giant midfielder or whatever. Had 25 positions and kicked the goal. Round three, started full forward, kicked six goals. <laughs> and I always remember back to that because I got um, – but sort of got sucked in. But I just watch the game and, and I just see such big changes in tempo and tactics like Geelong and Essendon at the weekend – Geelong were so poor in that first half and they come out at the start of the third quarter, kick five goals and, uh, and, pen- and pinch the win over Essendon. Uh, I sort of a bit concerned about the Cats. So they went, they went handball crazy, didn't they? They did. Well, they had twice as many handballs as they did kicks. Yeah. But is that just the size of the ground up in Bendigo? Is it a tiny ground and you sort of get it from half back, one or two handballs and you get it to full forward? You don't need to kick as much. Well, I'm genuinely wondering whether, or possibly, I'm genuinely won- wondering whether people watched the Bulldogs last year. Well, and they did. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is genuine copycat stuff. Well, why why are why is everyone handballing so much? Um, it seems to be sides handballing more out of stoppages, which is the, the Bulldogs. Dogs, yeah. um, I don't know whether it's you think that, you know, if you get a handball turnover there, you can pressure it straight away and get it back, whereas if you kick it out, um, sort of what Hawthorne did for so long is, you know, they'd put a, immense pressure on around the stoppage, but they didn't care if they won or lost the stoppage. If they lost it, they were so set up with their defenders that they'd win the ball back there and good luck getting it off them. So maybe so- sides have looked at it and thought, let's handball more. If we turn over a handball, there's still, you know, the ball's still live. It's not a mock. The game stops. Um, so ma- maybe that's a reason, but, you know, it could just be pre-season, guys are fatigued, new players playing different roles. So... Um, if it's still going after round five, it's in to stay. You know who has caught my eye in the uh, pre-season competition? It's West Coast and, and Melbourne. I think West Coast might be back this year. My man, Sammy Mitchell, what has he had? 28 possessions and 37, I think, in his uh, two games. And Melbourne, I, your old club. Lewis. Your old club? The yeah. club I barracked for, yes. Jordan Lewis. We're talking about Western Bulldogs last year. I wonder whether Melbourne could almost pull off what they did uh, this year. It's a big call, I know, but it just looks like such a great program and there's so much uh, talent there. Who's caught your eye the preseason? What's fact from fiction? Um, well, I think the Ruckman have for me because the third up rule's gone. Mm-hmm. So guys like Max Gorn, Goldstein, Sandlands, you know, Brody Grundy here. Um, it's a legitimate one-on-one contest. And if you can get on top as a ruckman, you know, you'll have a field day out there. There's nothing you can do to stop it anymore. Yeah. Um, 
So you're in that advantage is amplified. Yeah, well, I think the sides with a, a really good ruckman, mm. um, it's a massive advantage. But you know, coaches are smart enough to come up with the tactic whether they you know roll more numbers up. You know, if you play Melbourne, is, is sides going to put mm. you know three or four extra numbers around the contest? So there isn't space for Viney Lewis Jones to just get out easily off Gorn's hits. So um, it'll be interesting to see how sides counter that when they come up against the Gorn or Sandlands. Tactically, the Harry Taylor move forward for Geelong. Yeah, I noticed that on the weekend. Pardon? I noticed him going forward on the weekend. It's just about the biggest positional change. How good's his running style? Yeah, I felt he de- <laughs> must be the worst runner. He, he used to be Steve Swanee. Shocking runner. Yeah, but he's still quick. They're just, they look sore all the time, but they're still fast. You wonder how much footy uh, he's actually got left. No, just kidding. Um, Where would you play him? Well, Quarterback. I watched him he's at the week- forward. watched him at the weekend and... I think for the first time, I, th- I sort of thought that it might not work. I was positive about it because uh, they need someone else there to help out Tomahawk. And Stanley and Smith, it didn't quite work uh, last year. Kirsten gone, Black comes in. But I just thought at the weekend there was enough to worry me that maybe he should be he should be sent back. I think it's worth trying. Um, but I just I, I, I worry a bit about the Cats in general. Um, again, it was Dangerfield and Selwood who got him out of trouble in the third quarter. And you're wondering who else is going to step up and uh, and, f- and forward up. If it's not Tomahawk or if it's not Daniel Menzel, where are the goals for these guys coming from? So for me, I think they're on the nose a bit, the Cats, at the moment. And it's for them. That, I mean, they got Fremantle oh, round one. Boy, I am. Well. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go back into town anytime soon. If I was <laughs> that's, a se- that's a separate <laughs> issue. But, uh, I mean, are you, I mean, they're, drift- they're, they're drifting. I mean, are you, are you as convinced on them or? Uh, on the Cats? Yeah. You only have to watch the third quarter to know that mm. they can play. And as yep. we spoke about before, you never know what they were trying in the first half. Um, and you're talking about a football club that's always around the mark. So, um, you know, I think goals goals for them have never been a concern, I don't think. Yeah. Defensively, they've yeah, always cool. been good. So, yep. you know, whether it's Dangerfield spends a bit more time forward, Selwood, um, they both chipped in with goals on the weekend. Um, as you said, Menzel's very good one out. So, What about Harry? Where would you play? Um, I've always liked him as a swingman. I haven't seen enough of him forward to know if it will work, but yeah. I do like him back. He's back. such a good player. It's you know, it's how he made his name, and um, not too many forwards play well when he plays on you. So I think it's probably something they can use from time to time. Him going forward or him staying back. But you know, if they've got confidence in their defenders and they can put him forward, what a luxury that is. You guys played Richmond at the weekend. Oh well, yeah. not, you did. Well, I didn't. Your teammates no. did. You I was chauffeured the boys down. We'll get to your Achilles in a second. Um, what did you notice about the Tigers? Because yeah, I think they've they've changed a little bit from the way they've a little bit. Yeah, well, a little bit. I think um, as I said, it's the JLT, so you can't read too much into <laughs> it. So um, yeah, from it's so different when you're playing. You don't notice a lot of things. When you obviously you just as a midfielder, your head's in the hole. You're just sort of chasing the pill or trying to put pressure on. And then you know, obviously, unfortunately, on the weekend I didn't get to play. So you sit up in the coach's box and. Um, you notice structurally so many different changes that your side's doing and, um, you know, one with Richmond that I noticed like very early on was um, I think it's more for rotation than anything, but they actually rest one of their mids real deep forward. So the ball was all the time. So they had Cochin, Martin, Caddy, Prestia um, just playing in the Ford 50. So if the ball even, you know, was in our Ford 50, they just stayed in their Ford 50. So Loose. Well, would you cover them? Or? Um, yeah, we had defenders assigned to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, that was a tactic they had. And you know, a few times at work for them, they did get goals out of those players that rested there. And um, I suppose the sitting back and thinking about what, why they're doing it and 
um, what they're you know, obviously save rotations, um, mm-hmm. and the guys that have gone forward are very dangerous. So like yeah. Martin, Cochin, they get five, six minutes there where they can just rest. If the ball comes down, obviously they're, they're playing the game. But if it's you know going down our way, for example, they're sort of just mm. getting their legs and then they rotate back through the middle. So they, they probably save you know 10 or 12 rotations a game by doing it. So it was just something that I noticed at the ground live and thought you know that's an interesting tactic and one that could, could work for them. Um, what about the way they move the ball? Because remember, there's been a lot of lateral kicking, a lot of short kicking. They've been so slow um, last season, which has been a big issue. Do you think they were a bit more attacking, free-flowing, fast-moving with the footy? Oh, certainly on the weekend against us and um, JLT2, I think it was, um, a lot a lot quicker with the ball. And um, as I said, it's, it's hard to read. Are they trying something, you know, in the last practice game of the year? Mm. Um, will they revert back to their, their style of sort of dominating and owning time in possession? Um, but, yeah, they look dangerous at times on the weekend and, Really, after quarter time, they probably, you know, were the better side on the day. They're Tigers. They're always an interesting point. Hey, uh, Captain, again for the fourth season, things are a little bit different with your leadership group. Are they right? Yeah. Have you even got one? Um, we, we do. We've got a big group of players. Um, so, obviously, myself will be Captain Steele and Taylor Adams will be Vice Captains. And then yep. um, we've just got a, a group of core senior players under underneath that. But we didn't want to... You know, have three or four of them with a title and three or four without a title. Um, we feel like they all contribute really well to the program um, and what we stand for as a, as a group. So they don't have an official title, but there is a, a group of guys underneath us three that You've will be there. You've the leadership and, group. That's what's happened. Well, that's what I suppose everyone's going to say. But we've got, <laughs> I think we've got strength in numbers and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to working with all the guys. So what did you think when you find out the other day that Luke Hodge has been banned from round one or not playing suspended from round one because he's sent a text message about not being at training to the wrong guy. I mean, it's been a big week for Captain Selwood with his speeding incident, you know, costage along footy club, uh, lucrative TAC Cup sponsorship. I just wonder with this whole leadership group has gone absolutely mad, Scott, because I know Hawthorne's got a great culture and you need to set high standards or whatever, but like the sending, that's telling the wrong guy or the wrong footy manager or whoever, you're not going to be at training on Monday because... You know, your kid's sick or your, your brother's 21st or whatever the reason may be. But, like, are we for real? Is that over the top? Well, to be honest, the first thing I thought is I wish we played Hawthorne round <laughs> yeah. one. We're competitors and... No Mitchell, no Lewis. Yeah, no Mitchell, no Lewis, no Hodge. So, um, and then I realised we didn't, so I didn't really care. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, that's, it's... it's that's, like, that's not from, high. Yeah, but from the outside, um, we don't have all the facts. We don't know all the details. Yeah. Um, and we just think that he sent the text to the wrong person and um, Ruffy as captain's come in and said, you know, you're going to miss the last practice game and round one. So there's obviously more to it um, in terms of what they have they stand for as a group and um, it's good to see, you know, if you can do that to Luke Hodge, every player on the list knows the standard, don't they? How did Swanee play 200 games in this sort of crazy world that we're living in? Well, funnily enough, he was never late. <laughs> he was always on time. Hey, um... Let's talk about ball hogging in the NBA because Russell Westbrook uh, at the moment, it, the, he's, I think um, you know, his, his MVP prospects are sliding a bit because efficiency has dropped. We know you're such a big NBA man. Um, individually, he's possibly the most brilliant player. Um, but we're seeing Kawhi Leonard, we're seeing James Harden, we're seeing 
LeBron James, just be so much more efficient with the pill. And you wonder when, when Westbrook's got the ball at times and you see that his teammates sort of waving their arms at, at him, saying, pass me the ball, and it doesn't happen, and he has his fifth shot in a row. <laughs> just wonder like how much that like the game he, he damaged scored, the psyche. Well, the he team. scored 51 a couple of weeks ago, and everyone was like, how good's that? And he had 44 shots yeah, to get it. It's a lot. So efficiency is gone. He's going to break the all-time turnover record that's stood for about 35 years. But so is James Harden. You can't win the MVP like that, kid. And he'd be the first guy since, I think, 82 to win the MVP when your team's not going to win 50 games. So I don't think he can win it. I wouldn't mind Harden to win it. I think what he's done at Houston um, with D'Antoni as coach, their system, they're playing analytical basketball. So they've they've just relied on the three-ball I think they broke the all-time record twice for threes made in the game. Um, and he's the architect behind their offense. But then again, defensively, he doesn't even know he's on the court playing <laughs> defense. So that doesn't help his case. Um, my tip would be Kawhi Leonard. Really? He's the, the only ball. guy. Well, I think as good as LeBron is, hmm. um, and he's, been, he's probably a victim of his own standards. Yep. You know, He's done it for so long and everyone just takes for granted it's just what LeBron does. But yep. I think Kawhi's gone to another level and he also guards the best player every single time yep. that they play against. So he spends... A lot of energy on both sides of the ball where um, LeBron does guard the best player but only for patches and important patches where he'll often rest on the defensive end, sort of, you know, playing a safety role, so to speak, where he just cruises around, plays on the least dangerous guy. You know, when they played um, – who was it? I think they played Milwaukee. He guarded, you know, added Kumpo for a couple mm. of minutes and then he just sat on the resting point guards because they couldn't really shoot that well. So yeah. um, I'd like Kawhi to win it. When, He'll be the best player on the best team because I think yeah. the Spurs will finish. And whenever above. he comes up against the Cavs or the Rockets, the Spurs win anyway. Well, did you see the, the other day he had like nine points in, I think it was like the last minute, two game-saving blocks, like Tracy forced McGrady. it to overtime. Yes. So he's a, you know, he's a, they call, what do they call him? I think they call him the claw because his hands are so big. Massive. Um, yeah. So. And. Hey, um, your Achilles, mate. Let's uh, let's get to that because I see players or journos hounding you um, at the clinic as you walk in, desperate to get the scoop on the Jock and Journo show. What is the story? What actually happened? This time last year, you were playing around with um, broken ribs. You couldn't even breathe. You're Mr. Indestructible. What's going on with this Achilles? Um, well, actually, I did the ribs in round one last year, so I was fine going into uh, the season. But like always, if, you, if you're too healthy, you always seem to cop one early in the year. <laughs> but um, no, mine was... Um, my feet just pulled up a little bit sore from the game before over in Perth. Um, yeah, and it was just something that we monitored during the week. And I thought I'd be right to play, but they were just my Achilles were a little bit sore leading into the game. And um, I still thought I was going to play. <laughs> Driving down, I drove all the, like, a few of the boys down. And, yeah, I hate missing. Um, yeah, and then we just made a smart call to let's just put me on ice and. Um, give someone else a go and I sort of didn't want to be running around out there thinking about my Achilles and things like that so yeah. uh, I think we made the right call and you know let it settle and um, I'll have a, a train today train on Friday and be cherry ripe for the Bulldogs Friday week so we can we can put you on the, the magnet board you'll be playing I never say never but <laughs> oh, I touch wood I'll be out there hey uh, you know what's happened since our last podcast I think it happened about a month ago you caused shockwaves around the country with your very strong comments um, on the potential strike action and everything uh, sounds like that this CBA agreement will be done 
But in the couple of weeks since um, you made those comments and we had our first podcast, the AFLPA has elevated you to their board, Scotty. So you're actually using the Jock and Juno podcast. <laughs> yes, well done, mate. You're actually using the uh, Jock and Juno podcast for your own personal gain here. No, just kidding. They've recognised the leader in you uh, and have uh, stepped you up. But this is our opportunity here, people, to to propose to Scotty, to give him some ideas about how we can change the game, some suggestions, rules, fixture, whatever it is. Twitter us in here at the uh, Jock and Journo podcast. What's the ha- hashtag, Scotty? Hashtag Jock and Journo. I'm just making this up now. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag Jock and Journo. Jock and Journo. Now yep. give us, say, a couple of ideas, what Scotty can take back to the AFLPA and the board and how we can change the game. Now I've got a couple of ideas for you, Scott. You want to you got your pen and paper ready? Just a couple of ideas for you. The fixture, we're going to change that, mate, uh, next season to 17-1. and one. So every team just plays uh, each other once, plus you've got a special rivalry game uh, or whatever. Just uh, gets rid of the um, – raises the unnecessary games towards the end of the year. If you play everyone once, I think that's maximum fairness. You could also probably make the quarters shorter too. Games go very long these days. Live trading, I'd be happy to have that. Bring that in, please. Live trading. Uh, yeah, so at the draft, I want you to be oh, able yeah, – it's yeah. fully-fledged yeah. trading, yeah. just like the NBA. Love that. And, um, mate, the, uh, the media access. Every player should be available to talk to the media after the game. What have you got to hide? Are we so nasty that you can't talk to us about what just happened chasing a footy around the ground? Well, I think you can answer that question. Do you think the media is nasty towards players? No. Not, Do not. you think they're fair? I think most of the time. When was the last time? Well, I'm just asking a question. I don't have the answers. I think Swanee probably got stitched up a couple of years ago when he was crouching over, photo on the back page of the Herald Sun, and, the, you know, it was like, he's fat. I think in fairness to journos, yeah. well, and you're one of them, Yes, I think you. often people are misled by the headline, mm. not the article. So whatever the headline comes up with, people think that's yep. the be-all and end-all, and they actually don't read, read the, the article. See? Um, this is why so you're I a think leader. People do need to read the article, but I also think there's a lot of opinion pieces yep. in the paper, yep. and I'm not sure that – I read something much. the other day about 25 – was it 25 greatest players of all time? Yes. Something like that. Um, and it had the experts rate the top 25 players of all time. Yeah. Mick caused us to – so who you tell me who the experts were? Oh, I was like Mick Mouldhouse, David King. I think Dermot Brereton was in there. Mark Robinson, chief footy writer. John Anderson's been watching footy for forty years. Yeah, so that it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So I just found it funny that they're the experts. Well, who should? Oh, Mick well, Mouldhouse. Yeah, Mick Mouldhouse left out Mick, the two at two applets and Matthew Scarlett. I think Mick. Your former is, coach. I think Mick is an expert because he coached and he played the game. Oh, and would and, and his decision to leave out that Gary Ablett Jr. Your mate, Gary Ablett. He's I think Gary Ablett Jr.'s. Well, I haven't obviously seen. Like I don't remember Wayne Carey playing, for yeah. example. So he's pretty good. But in my time remembering people play, like Gaz Jr.'s the by far one. and away the best player mm. that I've seen. And but then that's where it comes to opinion. People base their arguments on opinion, not fact. Factually. If you got the numbers, the data that everyone so much loves these days, mm-hmm. he would be far and away the number one player in the game. Yeah. So you. Disagree. So how can then people spin it to so and so is better than him? They can't. It's just an opinion. Yeah. And that's why we, that's why we love the game. So mate. it should be called expert opinion. Okay. <laughs> hey, we diverted a little bit. Um, what are you? Uh, what are you going to take back to the AFLPA, mate? What um, are you? Uh, how are you going to change the game? Final. Oh, good. I like this. Yes. I think that would be. The halftime entertainment would be a lot better because you could black out the stadium and light it all up 
Do you think that'll happen, by the way? No idea. I'd like it to happen. I think it's the it's game's ready for it. It's been on the agenda a while. I think a night grand final wouldn't work. It's just Twilight. Oh, people would be too pissed. Yeah. By the time the game rolled Maybe. around, yeah. for starters. But um, I think Twilight's the way to go. I'd like in-season trading. I've yeah. always liked that because it's NBA. Draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in have an end date, so maybe like a six-week window or up to around fourteen. Yeah. You can trade. I look. I think so, for example, Essendon, who don't have a Ruckman basically at the minute. Yeah. Sean McKernan's a Ruckman, rookie, 198 centimetres. So they could now get a Ruckman. Yeah. Well, West Coast, they're in a bit of trouble at the moment, don't they? Didn't they lose Scotty Lysette in a yeah, they got Drewy waffle Petrie game? So, Drew, like Drew for them, they could go get a backup. Yeah. Um, what else would I like to see? What about the uh, bounce? Bounce gone, third man up. Yeah, I think the, the, the centre bounce should be gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, why not eliminate all sort of grey area and just throw the thing up. And, you don't care. Well, you said the quarters go too long and if you have a couple of miscues on the bounce, there's probably another minute. Um, you like the third man up rule? Or the banning of the third man up? Uh, it's probably just more player safety. I know like teams go into games and as savage as it is, if you've got a free shot, you're going to take it at yeah. a Ruckman, especially a really good one. So, and that happens. That has oh, happened. Absolutely, it well, does. Well, the players smash Grundy, don't they? Opposition yeah, players, yeah. you'd see that every week. Yeah, they jump third up and hit him in the back and the ribs. You know, he literally is a free shot. He's putting one arm above his head and you're jumping in on that side. You know, there's your ribs sitting there waiting to be broken. So this is why they play, get paid more. Play, play safety, I think. Um, what else? What about lottery? Lottery for – I think because you said 17-1, and one, yep. which I don't, I don't mind, but if you kept the season how it is – and you played for a lottery at the end. So the bottom 10 yeah, clubs like yeah, like had, you know... Well, your, tanking happened. It, it happens. It did happen. It happened. Did it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Where? Oh, at a number of clubs. Okay. Yeah, unquestionably. Way to sit on the fence. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you made a lottery system or... Would remove the incentive. Yeah. So you just, you just keep playing and... Yours? You know, if you bottom of the ladder, you got more balls in the lottery, but it doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, Gary Pert... Um, Actually raised the lottery uh, last year. And you know what also could be monitored? Sending players in for early pre-season surgery. Like whether you've got like an AFL doctor who needs to assess that. Because if you're Carlton, for example, you're at the bottom of the ladder, you send Murph in for, you know, uh, July surgery, which rules him out for the end of the year. That yeah. is the easiest way to tank in footy. Yeah, but that's also like player safety. So like, yeah. you know, do you want Murph running around with... A shoulder that's not quite attached properly. No, but I reckon. So does that mean that same doctor then can send him in for surgery if they're in finals? Yeah, because it's not structurally okay. I reckon it's pretty easy for clubs. Oh, no doubt. That just take that early holiday to Bali. Yeah, um, and uh, and go in for that little clean up of your finger uh, or whatever. Hey, we're just about run out of time, Uh, Scotty. um, Should we touch on just quickly your your preseason? Give us your thoughts. a lot of commentary about Chris Mayne, Daniel Wells. Um, Chris Mayne, I think, has been a little bit harshly rated. I think he's been pretty industrious. I like his tackle pressure. Um, I think he does bring a fair bit. A lot of talk about whether he'll be playing round one. And uh, and Daniel Wells, I think you have to say, Collingwood fans will be listening, it's been probably disappointing to this point in time. Uh, his fitness wasn't up to scratch when he rocked up to the up to the footy club. But the times I have seen him train inside the ball drills, he's... You know, when, when you are kicking the footy elite. around, he's kicking, he's oh, fair dinkum, Everything's elite. Exquisite. His hands, yeah. his feet. Um, but it's a challenge to get him up to speed yeah, well, at the I moment. Think, I think the, the battle that Wells is going to face now is just getting his body ready. And um, it's like every player, you get so excited for round one. Yeah. And then you realise seven days later is round two. So, you know, he's been around long enough to know that when he's ready, he'll put his hand up and tell the guys. And 
um, you know, he's still on his own program, which the club said from mm. when he's got here, and we're not going to we're not going to rush him. And he's you know such a good player, and as you said, you've seen him train, and all our guys can't wait to play with him. But we want to yeah. play with him when he gets back, you know, with continuity. We don't want him to come back early because he feels the pressure of needing to get up for round one. So. Um, yeah, and then I think with, with Maney, um, new system, new team, new club, um, finding his feet Fine, through so. the you know, the preseason format and shortened games and all that sort of stuff and just getting used to rolling. Um, you know, on the weekend in our sort of, you know, the real hit out for us, he was you got kicked, I think he kicked three goals or two and gave a couple of Joe the Gooses over the top. So, you know, he was fine, 15 possessions or whatever, and he looked really good. So, um, yeah, I think our preseason's been good and Who's we're ready to roll. On? Caught your eye? Emerged. Mason Cox catches it daily because he's seven foot tall. Mm. Um, is he a serious AFL off. player? Oh, he is. Yeah. I think you just watch on the weekend the amount of times guys just grab and hold him just in fear of something he's going to do. <laughs> you know, he, there's it's probably a big call, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did at some stage, you know, in his career have a you know nine ten goal game in him because yeah. he just he just gets held all the time because yeah. you just can't. It's got to reach like a sick dog, so. Like Cinderella's sick dog, I like it. Hey, Scotty Penderby, good luck with all the captaincy stuff. Thanks, mates. Thanks for joining us on the Jock and Journo Show. And thanks for changing our name because the Pendles and Clarkie Show didn't last very long. We got got some strong feedback. Some feedback from the the fans. We're on the Jock and Journo Show. Send us in your suggestions about how Scotty can change the game. Hashtag Jock and Journo. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.